Chapter 8 James arrived at Elf's. He was breathing hard and sweating under his coat despite the cold air on his face and hands. The lights were on behind the front door. He pushed the doorbell and tried the door handle. It was open. He let himself in. Hello? he called. Jenny? Elf? The sound of footsteps. Then Jenny appeared on the stairs. James, she said. It's terrible. Claudia's in the garden. Come on. He followed her downstairs and through the kitchen. There were bright lights on, and they threw a pool of light on the decking and the near part of the garden. Elf was kneeling on the grass on the edge of the light. A moment later, all three children were kneeling around the body of a cat lying on its side. Claudia was covered with and surrounded by feathers. Pigeon feathers. James saw that Elf had been crying, but she wasn't now. Is she alive, he said. I don't know, Elf sniffed. I can't tell. She's still warm, Jenny said, but I couldn't feel a pulse. We have to get her to the vet, James said. There's a few close by. Elf, is there a computer inside that you can use? There's one vet on Preston Drove. I ran past it, but I think it was closed. And there's another on Harrington Road, I think. Or we could get a taxi if we need. Can you go and find out? Elf nodded and went inside. When she was gone, James felt Claudia's neck. She was warm. What do you think, he asked. Could she be alive? Jenny said nothing. She started to clear the feathers away from the cat's fur. Claudia didn't move at all. James put his ear next to her mouth and tried to listen or feel her breathe. Nothing. What's this? Jenny said out loud. James peered over Claudia's body. Her fur was feather-free, except for one small blue iridescent feather at the top of her back leg. Jenny was looking at it closely. She took it carefully between her fingers and pulled gently. It pulled at the cat's flesh, as if Jenny had a pinch of fur. Then it came loose. Claudia's leg twitched slightly. She let out a tiny breath. James put his ear back to the cat's mouth. Another tiny breath. She's alive, he said. Claudia's head moved at the sound and her eyes opened. Her mouth opened slowly and James leaned in to listen. The king! Claudia's voice was a strained whisper. James leaned closer. Under the fort! And that was all. Her eyes closed. She was still breathing, short breaths, quick in and outs, every few seconds. James stood up. There was a movement on top of the far garden wall. He thought he saw two pairs of eyes looking at him. Then they vanished. Not pigeons, but another animal. Have a look at this, Jenny said, standing and holding out her hand. In the middle of her palm was the iridescent feather. It was so dark it was almost black, but as it moved the light caught it and a sheen of blue appeared at certain angles. It was not just a feather. It was attached to a tiny stick by even tinier twine, smaller than a matchstick, straight and made of dark wood. At the other end was a sharp barb, perhaps a thorn from a bramble, or no, was it a bee's sting? In all, the object was only an inch long, and unmistakably arrow-shaped. Is that an arrow? James asked. You think she was shot? It could be poisoned. Be careful. Jenny went quickly to the kitchen door and called to Elf. Claudia's alive! 
The problem was keeping her alive. James was worried about the shallow breathing. They must get her to medical help. Elf and Jenny came back out together. Elf was carrying a blue plastic cat's basket. The vet on Harrington Road is still open. She sounded excited. Let's get her in here. It's the one we used when bringing her over on the ferry. All three of them gently manoeuvred the cat into the box. It was lined with soft fabric with a grill at one end. Before they left, James had a thought. We'll need money, he said. I don't know if they'll be able to do anything if we can't pay. Elf disappeared upstairs and came down with a large purse. It's my mum's, she said without further explanation. They hurried out of the door and up the street. The basket was not heavy when first picked up, but quickly became heavy while trying to carry it carefully and walk fast too. They took turns and made good progress. The vet's office was warm and bright. Elf explained it was an emergency, and the receptionist just listened. He was sceptical to start with, but Elf opened up the purse and pulled out a number of £20 notes, and he immediately took down her details and asked them to wait. James eyed the money, and for the first time since he left his house, he thought about the Mega Grotto. While they waited, they discussed what they should do. We were going to search for the king under the fort, Jenny said, after school. But you disappeared, and Elf wasn't sure. She trailed off. That's what Claudia said when she woke up, James said. The king under the fort. It's what she said. We need to find him. Jenny pulled something out of her coat pocket. It was the arrow wrapped up in cling film. She unwrapped it and showed Elf. Claudia might be poisoned, she said. This was stuck in her back leg. It's so tiny, Elf said. How did a pigeon fire that? I don't think it was a pigeon. James told them about the two pairs of eyes he saw on the wall. A woman in smart clothes came in. The vet. She took Claudia through to her office, and Elf went too. James and Jenny waited outside. I think I found a clue to the king under the fort, up at the trig point. Jenny showed him the pebble, with the three scratches. There's a strange door knocker up there too. I tried it, but nothing happened. We should go up there tonight. I can sneak out after dinner. James looked at Jenny. My parents probably wouldn't notice if I didn't go home at all, she said. I'm ready to find the king. Let's wait to see how Elf's doing, though. Elf came out after a few minutes. She'd been crying. She had the cat box with her, but it was empty. She had something in her other hand. It was Claudia's collar, a simple leather strap with a silver C attached. The vet says Claudia is in a coma, she said. She wants to keep her in overnight to observe, but really, what she meant was that she has no idea what's wrong with Claudia. I'm going to call my parents. They'll need to pay for this on a credit card. I'm so sorry, Jenny said. I'm sure Claudia will get better. Thanks for helping, Elf said. Are you going to look for the king under the fort? Yes, James said. We're going tonight. You're welcome to join us. No. I'm waiting here. Let me know if you find him. James and Jenny said goodbye. When they left, Elf was using her phone to call her mum. The night air was colder now. It wasn't long before James's dinner would be ready. Then they could sneak up to the hill fort. Jenny nudged him and pointed. To a small grey creature on the pavement outside the vets. It had no tail and was looking right at them. Nobody said anything. The squirrel led the way, and James and Jenny followed at a swift jog. It soon became apparent that it wasn't going up to the hill fort. 
it was taking them the opposite way, towards the centre of town. It took them past Preston Park, through the North Lane, past the clock tower, and finally arrived at the back of Queen's Square. No tail sat by a boarded-up door to a derelict building. James thought his lungs were going to burst. He wasn't fond of cross-country running. Isn't this the abandoned ice rink? Jenny asked. I don't know, James said. Maybe. Do you think we should go inside? It's getting late and my mum's going to worry. Send her a message, Jenny said. Say you're just finishing your homework at my house. James spent a few minutes writing the message in the best way possible. He didn't want his parents calling Jenny's and discovering the lie. The door was nailed shut. Jenny found another one down a flight of stairs. It was hanging on by one hinge. They pushed silently into the building. You always stop at Glitz Hangers.